Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Colin McDuff, and as ever, I'm joined by three of my very favourite people to talk about all things Rangers related. First of all, we have Rutherburns Rose, Mr Ian McCready. How are you doing, Ian? I'm alright, how are you? I'm good, thank you. And also joining us is our very own Angel of the North, Craig McAdam. How are you, Craig? <laughs> Never been called that before, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and last but not least, the Gaza of the Gallant Few podcast. He brings all the talent, but he also brings a certain element of alcohol-related instances. Scott Hogg, how are you? Sobered up yet? Yeah, it's just I was going to say I've done a bit of a Georgie best, so a bit of a public apology to to all our fans, all three of them. So uh, yeah, good to be here, Colin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true what they say, every saint has a past, every sinner has a future, so this is your chance to make it up, <laughs> Shake your last peg. <laughs> so, since our show two weeks ago, there's been a lot of activity uh, in and out on the transfer front for Rangers. First of all, we'll start with who we brought in. So, obviously, we secured the signing of Haji on a permanent transfer. We've also signed youth prospect Charlie Lindsay from Glen Torren. So we know what we've got from Haji pretty much, and Charlie Lindsay will fall into the way and see how that turns out. Camp is probably someone who we won't see all, much of in the first team for the next season. But in the last couple of days, we have signed Calvin Bassey from Leicester. Uh, I think he signed him from... He, he, Predominantly featured in Leicester's under-23s, and he is a left-back or a centre-back. So, Craig, what's your thoughts on this signing? It's definitely a position we had to get somebody signed in, so 
it's obviously not a player we know a lot about, but it's definitely a position that we had to get filled, so that's promising. I also like that we've done it with the, the cross-border um, deals. It's definitely something we can look to take advantage of. Uh, with his name, we need to pay compensation, even though he's a Bosman. Uh, so I think we're getting him for 230000 seems to be reported, whereas if an English team had bought him, it would have been about $3.5 million. Uh, we've done similar with uh, Aribo as well. and We tried it before with Joe Dodu, which didn't quite work out, but hopefully this one's more successful than that. So definitely a position we had to fill, so I think it's a, a good one, and we just need to wait and see how he, how he turns out. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, you know, that old cliche, every signing is a gamble, but, you know, when it's someone we've not heard of, it's really waiting to see, as you say, see how it turns out and see how quickly or how regularly he settles into the first team. On the other end of the spectrum, Rangers did announce a couple of weeks ago that uh, quite a list of first team players were going out the door all of which who have come to the end of a contract. So the ones who are out in loan who won't be returning to the club, Jason Holt, Jordan Rosser, Jack Anik, and the ones who are still at the club, but they, we've decided not to extend their contract, Andy Halliday, Wes Fodenham, and John Flanagan. So a bit of a mixed bag in terms of how much these players featured over their time at Rangers. Ian, is there anyone that you're sad to see go? No, none of them, as you said, none of them have featured much since Gerard took over. Uh, so, Fotheringham I, th- I always thought was a really good backup. I thought he was probably the third best goalkeeper in Scotland. Um, and, and he was our backup goalkeeper. Uh, so, FMD, it would be it's more the calibre than the player, because he was, as I say, I, I thought he was he was a really good backup. So to lose a, a player of that calibre uh, as your backup goalkeeper, I think is is the only sad thing for me. Yeah, you and I, did, I do remember talking about this a few times with yourself that you mentioned you think he's the third best goalkeeper in Scotland, and it's hard to argue, and it's it's hard, it's a fine line to to get someone good enough who won't have that much of a drop in the first team, but someone who's willing to be a number two, because Fodenham is a decent enough goalie, but he was never going to be better than Alan McGregor. What about Andy Halliday? Are you, are you sad to see him go, or do you not buy into the, you know, if he's a bear, he should be, he should be in and around the club? No, he's not good enough. He's just, being a Rangers fan doesn't guarantee you a spot in the team, so... If he's not good enough, sorry, but you can be the biggest Rangers fan in the world. But if you're not good enough to be in the team, then you shouldn't be in the team. No, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, but I think it's fair enough. The quality and talent has to come first, and if you know if they're passionate about the club, then that's you know that's a bonus in, in the initial stages. So that kind of that tastes nicely on what we'll be looking at today uh, in this show. So we're going to look. Every one of us has had a look at the squad that we have left, and we're going to bring one player to the table who we think we should get rid of and talk amongst ourselves. And after that, we are actually going to walk down memory lane and look at players we've let go of in the past. So, Scott, we'll start with yourself. Who should Rangers look to afford and why? Yeah, so my first one is, is Jamie Murphy. So... 
Uh, first of all, I do I do like Murphy. I think um, I think he's we've not seen enough of him, but I think he showed glimpses of what we we signed him for. Obviously, it was initially in a loan, and then uh, it was the permanent transfer transfer. And as you said, with Andy Halliday, it's always good to have Rangers men at the club who knows what it means to to play for play for the badge, which we might not have a lot of as well, but. If you if you look back over the second half of last season, so there's a lot of talk over sort of our squad, uh, sorry, our squad players, especially in the winger area, and we obviously had Barker, which I think everybody agrees we should get rid of, um, Ojo, and debatably uh, Jordan Jones as well. But I think um, Murphy got a lot of plaudits, and there was a lot of criticism for loaning them out when. You know we're playing these players, but at the end of the day, he's playing in you know English League One, which is obviously quite a difference from from the likes of Braga and Leverkusen, which is the standard we're wanting to wanting to get to. Um, and we've obviously spoken in previous podcasts as well about squad players and needing to be needing to be better and not see such a drop off from when we're we've got a strong first eleven, but I think there's just such a drop off when you go down to, to you know our squad players like Barker, Ojo. And I think unfortunately Murphy Murphy fits into that that camp. Um I mean if he was to stay, I don't think I would be particularly unhappy with it, but I think we should be looking to bring something of a better standard um in our wing play as well. Um obviously I had you know the horrible injury that ruled him out for for just over a season, really, um, and I just—he's not. I know he's maybe show glimpses of his form, but he's getting to an age now where he's going to be thirty-one at the start of next season. And for a winger, I think he's quite—he's not—he's not a quick player. And you know, we've got—and I know uh, Craig, you're going to come on to this as well—but we've got Jordan Jones there, and I just feel as though. He's a, a player that I would rather have bring on the last thirty minutes when defences are tiring than Murphy. If I mean, if I was a well, I'm a I'm a poor defender, uh, Sunday league. But um, if uh, if I'm a defender, I would rather play against uh, Murphy rather than Jordan Jones because Jordan Jones has got got a pace. Yeah, a bit of a, his final ball can be better at times. But you know, you look at Jordan Jones, especially um, in the leg game, and he you know um, he set up Morelos' goal. Um, if we've seen enough of that, I know Murphy scored some some good goals, but I just I think we, we should be going for a better better player. And again, it's that as he keeps staying around because he's a Rangers player as well. So yeah, what's your thoughts, guys? So there's a lot to a lot to kind of a lot of good points that you've made there, but maybe maybe there is a few counterpoints to that. So you mentioned first of all in League One. You mentioned that's a that's a drop that's a drop in standards from playing the likes of Leverkusen, Braga, Europa League. But our bread and butter is against teams like St Mirren, Hamilton, Motherwell. Probably the same standard as League One. So you know Ian, I'll ask your thoughts on it. Jamie Murphy played ten games, scored seven goals and two assists, got a few winners in League One. So is there not an argument that the he would have been a good option to have when we struggled at home to St Mirren or away to Hamilton last season. I, th- I think so. I think he's he's always been a guy who's chipped in with, like you said, there seven goals in ten games. Was it you said? 
Yeah. He's always tripped, he seems to, like, even when he came up on loan, he tripped in with a few goals. Uh, so he had, uh, on, his, on that loan spell, he had four goals in 16 games. It's one in four, which well, doesn't sound that good, but he's a, it's better than Ken. It's, uh, I, don't, I, I think that is what he gives you, is more of a goal threat, I think, than, than Kent. Um, that would be... I'd keep Murphy, I like him. And like you say, I do agree that League One in England is probably a similar standard to the rest of the league. Yeah. And I think, for me personally, I don't see... I don't see Jamie Murphy being the talisman or the out-and-out-star player, but I suppose, I think we need to be realistic in who we can get for squad players. We're not going to go and sign somebody like Ryan Kent to be a squad player. So I suppose the big question is, is Jamie Murphy a step up from Ojo and Barker and Jones? So would, do you think he's not Scott, or do you think we should still be looking higher? I know we've discussed the formation as well, but where does he fan? Do you, can he play that number 10 role effectively like Kent and Hadji? Not really. I'd see him more as coming off. He's going to be at the byline, coming inside. And Gerard's just... I know we've discussed we'd like to see a different formation with a number 10, two out-and-out wingers, but if he doesn't, then is he not just going to be picking up a wage for, for doing very little in the season? Suppose that's a fair point. If uh, if he's not going to play in the formation, then that's you know it's a kind of moot point. But I suppose a big part of that depends on how the manager sees his going forward next season. Craig, where do you stand in the Murphy debate? Because currently we've got myself and Ian saying we would keep him. Scott still firmly against. What's uh, what's your thoughts? I think probably this time last year I would have said that he was he was done after his injury. Um, We've seen him play a few friendly games at the start of the season and just didn't look the same player at all. But I think now he's had his loan and scored a few goals in, maybe it is worth a, a chance um, keeping him around a bit. I'd say that, as we've covered there, the, the big difference with him compared to a lot of the attacking players that we've got is he'll, he'll score goals. If we keep him for the season, even as a bit part player, he's probably going to get you seven, eight, nine, ten goals easily um, coming on as a sub and playing the odd games. So... He brings goals, um, so I, he's worth a shot, I would say, um, just to see what he's like. Now he's over his injuries, had his loan spells, so I, I would keep him around just to, to see what he could bring. Do you think Gerard trusts him? That's probably a good wee segue going on to my player. Um, <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't pre-planned. <laughs> <laughs> I would say he would trust Murphy. Um, a player that I don't think he, he would trust who's my player that I would I would see go is Jordan Jones. I think he just doesn't like his attitude, basically. Um, obviously, that sending off no firm game was, was one of the sort of turning point for him. So I would say that if he would trust a player like Murphy a lot more than he'd trust a player like Jones. Um, when I was going through our squad, including Bassey, Hadji, Included a couple of the young players we've got, so like McPake, Kennedy, Patterson. We've, we've already got a squad of about 30 players as it stands right now. And we, I think we'll all agree that we need a goalie plus another two or three minimum to come in. And that's a big squad to be dealing with. So we need to get a, a big chunk of players out before we can bring players in. Uh, I've got a list here, uh, Polster, Jones, Barker, Hasty, 
Stewart, Murphy, Doherty, McCrory, Middleton. It's a lot of players and a lot of wages who aren't really adding much value to the first team. I know some of them have been out on loan. Um, so I Jones, Jones would be my player that I would go. Um, other than a bit of pace, I, I don't see what he brings. And I don't think Gerard trusts him, as we were, we were talking about there. Um, another one that I would see goes Greg Doherty, maybe. Um, I like stuff about him. He's a Rangers fan. I, w- I would want him to do well, but he just doesn't strike me as a, a Rangers central midfielder. Um, so out of those players I named there, you'd imagine at least half of them need to go, probably more than that. Um, one of the names I mentioned is Ross McCrory, but I would, I would like to keep him. Um, thinking back to last season, I can think of being at Pataudry, McDermott Park, Rugby Park, Tynecastle. All games were winning in the second half and ended up getting beat in them. Whereas somebody like Ross McCrory, you could bring him on with half an hour, 20 minutes to go and try and ground out a result. So I would, I would keep him around. Um, but as I say, the other ones I mentioned, a good chunk of them need to go and the first one in my list to go would be, well, the first one would be Barker, but we all agreed about that. So the second one to go would be Jones. Absolutely. Um, I think we all agree on Barker. Just to play devil's advocate with Jordan Jones, because, you know, regardless of, even players who are, so even fans who are shouting for him to, him to stay, a lot of them are forgetting that he he was one of our best attacking players um, in the first month of last season before he got injured. Um, it was actually a big big surprise when he got left out of that old firm on the bench. Uh, his performances early on in the Europa League, he looked the difference, he looked the spark, he, he had that turn of pace. He looked better on the ball than what he did at Kilmarnock. The big worry for me when we signed him from Kilmarnock is all he, all he was able to do was get to the byline and then uh, it was almost O'Halloran-esque, you know, he didn't really have too much, too much talent, too much finesse to get the ball in to a decent area or score, and he seemed, uh, for, for me, he seemed to have worked on that a lot. So, I'll be, but, I'll be just assuming that there's an attitude problem, or is there something else, or, I don't know, where, where do you guys sit in that? I would say it probably is that. Um, I think I was listening to an interview with Wes after he left and he was explaining that um, Gerard said to him that he just wasn't his sort of guy. And I think Jones is the same. I think even thinking back to the season before Lafferty, I think Gerard's obviously got a certain type of player that he, he likes, but also off the pitch is quite important. So that's probably a bit of criticism of Gerard if he's signing these players and it's turning out they're not the type of player that he wants. Um, so obviously we don't know without being in the dressing room, but I would say it's maybe a, an attitude issue with Jones. Yeah, and for me, if you know, regardless of the level of player we've got, if there's a bad attitude and you know he can't work properly in the squad, then he has to go. You mentioned Ross McCrory as well, so. Scott, it'd be good to get your thoughts on this. For me, I don't think Ross McCrory should have went out on loan last year. The games that Craig mentioned at Tynecastle, up at Petordi, all that kind of stuff, he's the kind of player that you need to see games out. 
for me, Rossley probably has a bit of the Kevin Thompson about him. So Kevin Thompson was better with the ball at his feet than McCrory, but what McCrory has, which is similar to Thompson, he's able to mark two players in the game in the midfield himself. He's very good at covering a lot of ground. He reads the game really well in midfield, and I think there was games where we, we did need that last season. I get the argument that Gerard couldn't guarantee him playing every game of the season last year, and he wanted to help his development or whatever, but I think where we're at, we need to be looking at horses for courses and keeping players who can do a job in certain games. Even if we look back to Brahim Hamdani, who only ever played at Parkhead in Europe under Wallace Smith, if that's what we need to do to get get over the line, then I think so. We're just setting the, the grade a bit. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I think you need to you need to look at it from two point of view. So, what's best for Ross McCrory and what's best for Rangers? And I think we were maybe a bit too kind to Ross McCrory, like in his development. Hopefully, it will we'll see the see the benefits of it for next season. He's I think he was you know that's better than me, Colin, but he was injured for a lot of Portsmouth season, wasn't he? Yeah, well, like hamstring and things like that. So maybe then obviously this season. Maybe not being completed so, but the idea was, I think it was Gerard said he wanted to do something similar to Greg Docherty at Shrewsbury, wasn't it? Just get a full season of senior football um, ahead of him. So hopefully, I mean, I would one, I wouldn't even think about selling him just now. I think especially when you look when Tav get injured, I, I thought Pulsar did fine, but I think Ross McCall, he's been playing a bit of right back as well, so it gives us a wee bit of cover at full back when needed. Um, I think there's not other the centre mids are completely different from Ross, Mc- Ross McCrory as well that we've got in the team just now and as you say when you're protecting the lead you looked at him in the old firm games when he was there as well he was arguably the best player in the, in the park as well so yeah I would I wouldn't even think about selling him and I would I would bring him in and he would he would definitely be in you know I, I, I couldn't see a game where he wouldn't at least be in the bench or, or starting yeah. um, Ian I want to get your thoughts on, I, I really don't know where I sit in the Greg Doherty debate. I can see arguments for both sides of selling them on and keeping them. Where, where would you sit with Greg Doherty? He's a weird one, because like, he went to Hibs last year, and then he was Hibs star man, and he was scoring goals for fun, and yet... We we have lacked a midfielder like that as well, and you you wonder how he's never been given a shot at us. Like, has he ever had more than one game in a row uh, while he's been at us? I can't think of it, but I like him. I think he's uh, he's a different midfielder to we've got as well, like McCrory. He's He's more a kind of box-to-box guy that will get up and down and run. He might not necessarily be the best player on or off the ball, but he's a guy who gets about a lot. And as we've seen, as I said with Hibs, he's scored for a few goals, which I think we lack in midfield. We lack a goal-scoring midfielder. Just with your point about him not getting a run of games, I think the only time he had a run of games was under Marty when he first came in. But his defence, he was playing with Sean Goss and Windass, I think, was the midfield trio at the time, and Windass wasn't exactly playing centre mid. He was further up the park. So, uh, he's, to be fair to him, he's not had a proper proper chance. 
um, and he's got qualities that are different. Um, but for whatever reason, I think Gerard just doesn't fancy him. Question is as well, isn't it? Like, who does he replace in your midfield, Greg Docherty? I can't see it. Maybe fifth choice, fifth, sixth choice, would you say? And I think that's. Um, I think. Sorry, I, I got off the words there. I think that's probably my big criticism of Gerard, that he doesn't keep enough variety in the squad. So if you look at all the midfielders we have, it's Kamara, Davis, Jack, who all kind of playing a similar role. You know, he had a variety of winners like Jones Barker, eh, and he went for Ken Hadji or very similar. So I don't know if that's maybe something he has to look at. What are you thinking, Ian? It's like the it was like he'd be a, for me he'd be the type of player you play against. Uh, Hamilton or St Mirren at home and you just I think he's more attacking than Kamara um, I think he's it he might be I'm trying to think of a more like attacking midfielder centre midfielder that we have um, Arabo but if you're going to play him you probably play him kind of like a 10 uh, but what, if, if you're playing Docket is more attacking he also gives you that like I said before he gives you that engine, so he will come back and, and, and run about all game Aye, I think but in terms of like going forward, I think I would I'd feel more comfortable with Arfield and Aribo, but I think what you, when we're playing like, you know the the lesser teams, I'm saying that in inverted commas there, in case anything comes back or we get any any poor uh, some some criticism in this podcast uh, for it, but uh, I think we've got a lot of Hamilton fans that listen ah, to the show. I know, I know, I know. Um, so like, we don't we don't need as many defensive midfielders, and we do need somebody a bit more going forward and just have one person hold you know holding on. Even if you say if you brought back somebody like McCrory, he will cover that full defensive area, and then you can play two forward thinking attacking midfielders like Aribo, Arfield. You know, people who want to go in and score goals and create assists. So we've kind of ran through the, from the squad players anyway, the main talking points. Can I just... Um, so for me, the, the players I'm about to name are no-brainers that we get rid of. I'm going to read them out and let me know if you have any objections. Barker, Greg Stewart, Glenn Middleton, Jake Casty. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
I would say there's potential there from Middleton and Hasty. Uh, Middleton, if you think back to when he first came into the team, he hit the ground running, didn't he? He was bombing down the wing, he was scoring goals, playing in Europe, he was at, um, over in Russia, he got a goal and played really well. And I'm not sure what happened to him, but for whatever reason, they seemed to stop doing all the stuff that he was good at. So I think he's got potential. Um, I would say similar with Hasty, but we've probably not seen it. Um, more just based on that sort of six-month spell that he had at Motherwell when he was, you watch the clips of his goals, he's bombing down the pitch and he's scoring goals from all angles. Um, so the good again, so the two of them are really young players to, to give them the chance, which ultimately might mean another season out in loan before they're doing it in the first team. Uh, Greg Stewart, you mentioned, is an interesting one, I think. Um, he's, he has something a wee bit different. Uh, he's got a wee bit more sort of technique and skill about him. Obviously, zero pace. Uh, but when you, we've all got season tickets, so you're sitting at Ibrox watching a team with older players behind the ball. Sometimes it's not always pace that you need to unlock it. It's just a wee bit of cleverness. And the one that comes to my head is, do you remember the Foes goal against Hamilton last season? The chip. That was just a brilliant ball from Stewart that split the Hamilton defence open and the foe got in behind. So it gives something a wee bit different. Um, so I could see the point for and against for, for all three of them that you mentioned. See, see what I, I, I really struggle with is what we sign these players who are like star men for their, their team and they just can't see me hacky. I think that's a mentality thing because you look at Greg Stewart, he done, he was done really well at Aberdeen, Kilmarnock, Dundee, you look at Jordan Jones, probably a star man as well. Can You know what I mean? And then Greg Doherty as well. Yeah, I know there's a, a point where he's maybe not got the best chance under Gerrard, but why why are they not coming in and playing against you know these SPL clubs and, and making a difference in our squad? Speaking of Greg Stewart, I remember when we first signed him, um, it was maybe a month or two into the season, uh, I remember watching an interview with him, which was on Rangers TV, and he was explaining how he's been at Aberdeen and Kilmarnock, who are big clubs in Scotland, but he said just in terms of things like the sports science and fitness and your diet and all that sort of stuff, he was mentioning how he thought that he, he was on top of all that sort of stuff and came to Rangers and it was a complete eye-opener. So you get that side of it as well, but obviously playing in front of the 50,000 fans and you need to win at Ibrox, whereas when you're playing for Aberdeen and Kelly, sometimes a draw might be a good result for you, so there's definitely a different expectation in, in all aspects of it. I think when you you look at when he was doing well at Dundee, Kilmarnock and Aberdeen, he was playing up through the middle, and how many, we didn't really give him that many chances through the middle, I don't think. Like there was like a wee spell when I think the four was injured and Morelos was uh, suspended as usual. That uh, he got a couple of games up front, but he, I do like him. I like I like Craig says he's he's got that intelligence and the ability to pick that wee pass or or make that wee run. And uh, I think there was one goal that was the four tapped it in and Stuart beat about four guys in the box and then had a shot and. Before ending up tapping in, so I that's what he's got. He's got good skill, good guy having in around the box. See, see, see as well for Greg Stewart. I think he fits in because I don't see him as a centre forward. I see him just as a like, number ten, which he should actually really comp- 
complement our system. But it, it's as if he doesn't get a chance or he doesn't, you know what I mean? But I, I've been impressed with the few games that we've, we've saw him. I think he was thrown in a deep end against Hearts away, you know, when obviously Morelos is, uh, has, has sort of disciplinary issues. So but I, I really feel as though he... When we when I raised the point earlier about Murphy, would he fit into that system? But I, I think Greg Stewart would be a good replacement for that number ten position. My only issue with Greg Stewart and it's using that, that line that you just said against you. He he's never rose to the challenge of when the chips were down we needed a goal, we needed him to do something. The only time I, I can really recall him playing well is when we were already already two nothing up, already three nothing up, getting the third and fourth goal. Even that the four goal against Hamilton, I think that was maybe kind of to three nil. And I get I get the argument that though know, in some in some weak challenges it can go to goal difference, so you need players like that. But right now I don't think that's our priority, and I don't see. I don't see Greg Stewart being a game changer, and I've not seen anything to convince me otherwise. So, um, but I think we've spent, you know, spent a good bit of time talking on, talking on quite a lot of the, the squad players there, and I think we all agree, regardless of of who it is it goes, we do need to trim the squad, and maybe by five or six of those players and bring better quality in. But Ian, we'll move on to you. Um, you've got an interesting choice for who you think Rangers should be getting rid of. I've gone for Connor Goldson. I just don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think he's soft. Look at the size of him, and and he gets bullied. He gets bullied by we we guys. Not even Stevie Ray bullied him. Uh, and that that just sums him up for me. Made too many mistakes and, and kept his place. Katic makes a mistake, gets dropped. Edmondson had a bad game, get dropped. And yet Goldson has a bad game and continues to play every week. I just didn't understand that. Um, yeah, for me, I just... And if, if there's, talk, there's talk of Leeds coming in for about six million, I'd bite their hand off for that. Craig, am I right in saying you... I think I've mentioned to you before... I was on the drop Goldson bandwagon, but I think you spoke before about what it's actually like without Goldson and how how the rest of the defence play with him when he's on his game, obviously. Yeah, um, well, Stevie G obviously trusts him. He's his main man. Him and Tav, they play for fit. They're playing every game. Um, I think he does bring a wee bit of leadership um, and he does have good qualities. He's, you can think of a couple of high-profile blunders. Um, obviously, the first old fun game in the season comes to mind. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of good games as well, so I'm a fan of him. Um, the only thing that really annoys me about him is the amount of headers, um, attacking corners, that he, he, he wins the header and just blasts it over the bar every time. If I think back to the League Cup final, in the first six or seven minutes, I'm sure he had two or three brilliant chances from headers. Um, so that annoys me about him, but in terms of his overall play, I, I, I do quite like him. Scott, I'll come to you. I've... So, Rangers fans, we can be the wor- we can be the worst in the world at, time, at times for picking a whipping boy or a couple of whipping boys. 
So for me, well, either rightly or wrongly, Tavernier and Golson have got probably the most stick recently from our own support. But when you look at you look at the actual stats, Rangers conceded the same amount of goals as Celtic. We only conceded 19 goals each, and it was pretty level all the way through the season. Well, it, the big change in February was, for me, the attack or the midfield not getting enough goals. So is there an argument to say that because we weren't scoring enough goals that Taverniers and Goldson's mistakes were amplified because they were leading to, to 1-0 defeats? Aye, aye. No, I'm, I'm actually with, with Craig at this point. I think if you pull Goldson out, I think you lose... You lose so much sort of influence, like a vice captain as well um, for it. And I think he yeah, is just the position it plays. It's a bit like, you know, being a keeper, make a mistake and you're, you're punished. But, you know, you've got a lot more, you know, if you give the ball away up front or whatever. And we're the same with like Ryan Kent. If he if he makes a mistake, we're all on his back, if you know what I mean. But obviously, it just it's you know, I, I don't know what chances are if he makes a, a blunder, it's a good chance they're going to concede a goal, so I think I think I wouldn't I wouldn't get rid of him, I think 6 million is good, but I'd want a, a replacement lined up, I mean, we've obviously not seen a lot of um, Hollander, so I, th- I thought Hollander was quite slow, um, quite sluggish, I look back, was it Livingston away when you get really away with one as well, which worried me but and then obviously he makes a really good few performances in Europe, so it's an interesting one, but maybe with Hollander next season, you'll see him as, you know, he can get dropped as well, so you've got that influence, I don't know what age Hollander is, he maybe 25 or 26 or something, but you know, I would have felt really uncomfortable with playing Katic and Edmondson as you know, as, as your main centre-backs and not have a, a Goldson beside him who's going to talk them through the game. I think, you know, you don't see that, um, you know, watching a game, but I, I, I firmly believe that he's, you know, guiding the team about. And that leads me to my next question for Ian. So if we were to get rid of Goldson, Ian, do we, are you comfortable enough with Hellander, Katic and Edmondson and possibly Bassey or another fourth choice centre half, or would you feel we need a we need to bring in a first choice centre half? And if so, what what kind of centre half that look at? Is it your your classic Scottish type where you clear your lines and can't touch the ball, or do we need a more rounded? I'd like uh, so Goldson's probably I think Goldson's our oldest defender, but because he's health problems that he's had in his career. He's not really played that many games uh, for being our senior defender. Um, I'd say Hillander's the same age, I think, uh, but as a Sweden international. So I think he would, for me, would be a better partner for Katic, in my opinion. Um, but if I, I think I'd sign an older guy. I'd be looking for a 30, 31-year-old or something, 32-year-old, a, a very experienced defender. Um Maybe not quite as old as like a guy along the lines of Davy Weir or Clint Hill. Not quite as old as that, but Gareth a guy got a turn now. Maybe not as old as they were when we signed them. Like 
they signed them at the, the, the absolute twilight of their career and they've done us a, a, a good turn. Uh, I'd, I'd be looking for an older guy, somebody who is, I'd, I'd like you, you, you've said about Golson being a leader, I don't think he is. I, I think he moans, I don't think he leads. And he's got this thing where he thinks he's Franz Beckenbauer as well, where he'll ping a pass and it's a cracking pass. And then he'll try it another eight times in the game and he'll, he'll, they'll all be horrible. Stephen, we're discussing centre-backs. Have you seen the picture of Katic looking absolutely ripped? He's obviously <laughs> been using lockdown, so I don't fancy being the guy telling them that he's dropped. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, did you have a point to make uh, for, for Bolton there? Or? No, I think I think yeah, you, you you did bring a good argument, and I think these are all ganging up me because we, we postponed the podcast for one day, so um, <laughs> that's taken on board uh, for it, but... Uh, I think uh, see see when you look at that what 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 the one defender I really like is Kif Cart, the Northern Irish um centre half. Um I don't know if he's in a price range or maybe he's he'll play this sort of top level for a bit longer, but I think he would be he would fit the mould that the U C is a bit a bit, a bit more no nonsense, uh which I think would be good. Uh so I I would love to I don't know what possibility for him coming, like him, you know, Johnny Evans is unrealistic at this point, but I think you'd maybe looking at a couple of years and they would be good targets for us and probably realistic, maybe Nick, you know, not this season, but the next season for it. If we get good, if we got decent money for Goldson, I'd I'd be more than happy with that. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with Goldson. You know, I'm probably going to give a politician's answer here. I don't think we should sell him, but I think Gerard has to stop making his mind up so early about certain players, and that's either way. He is very quick to to make players untouchable when they shouldn't be. So Ian, you mentioned why does Cattis get dropped after one bad game and Golson doesn't? Why does Edmondson get dropped after one bad game and Golson doesn't? There has to be a bit of consistency. And I get those players that there's always backbones of the team, but Golson's not done enough for me to to be, you know, exempt for any criticism from Gerard. He's not good enough to be undroppable. Yeah, and that's exactly my point, but I do still think he is on his game, possibly our best centre half. That's just my opinion, but I totally agree he's not undroppable. Um so I'm I'm for keeping them Ian's for selling them. Craig and Scott, where you where you standing? Keep, keep, but if we get a good offer and a a good replacement, I think six, seven million. I think you'd be looking at looking at selling them maybe. But as long as you know we're working on a, a centre half of decent quality and decent experience as well, we can't afford another another young boy. I think Edmondson, Cartage, great potential, but we need somebody to to sort of steady the ship at the back. Yeah, that probably sums up how I feel. For the right money, potentially six million, as long as we have a decent, decent signing lined up for the maybe three or four million, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be too upset to see Golson going. So, come to my own choice now, and I'm probably going to get a bit of stick for this, but please hear me out before you chastise me. So I'm suggesting that. Again, similar to Golton, for the right price, we should be selling Alfredo Morelos 
before the start of the season. I'm suggesting that we don't hold out for the 25 million plus, even if it's maybe between the region of 15 and 18 million, we should take that. So, absolutely, undeniably, he's a talent. He's For me, he's still the best striker in Scotland, probably a bit of bias there, but there's not much between him and Edward. He's he's carried Rangers out a hole numerous times on his own. Uh, on his game, he's absolutely unplayable. But I think we've got to the point now where we rely too much on him. And when he's out of the team, the the team doesn't drop, it falls off a cliff. So we spoke about it earlier when Greg Stewart was brought in to start up front away to Tynecastle because Morelos was laid back from Colombia and he was suspended. This is happening too often. season before happened at Parkhead. he got suspended for the Aberdeen semi-final where we got beat. And I get there's a it's shared responsibility. The management need to be better at getting the team to adapt. And as I said, horses for courses, getting different styles, different players. But we've got to a point where the rest of the team, it's unfair on the rest of the team. We are, we are training and setting up one way. And that's all based on Morelos playing and playing well. It's not fair it's not fair on the rest of the team, I don't think, uh, to, you know, have to adapt at, you know, a couple of days' notice or whatever. Uh, I'd love I'd love to be wrong and I'd love for Alfredo to change his attitude and change all of that and be more consistent and because we are a consistent Morelos we so every chance we he could win his the league on his own when he's on his game every game, but I just don't have the confidence that he's got to do that. So who wants to who wants to jump on me first? I'll go for it. <laughs> Can I take him out of this actually? <laughs> I knew this was gonna be popular. Okay, Craig. When he's on his game he's phenomenal, isn't he? He is he is a brilliant young player and he's only going to get better. We did see a big improvement in his discipline, so you just need to hope that that keeps going. Um, so I hope he stays. I hope we continue to build the team around him, but we need to be a wee bit smarter when he's not playing. Um, we can't just take him out and shove the foe in and not change our tactics at all because it just doesn't work. Um, I'd actually like somebody else to come in and maybe see the foe drop down to third-choice striker so there's somebody else that if Morelis isn't there, there's not such a big drop in quality. Um, but at the same time, if anything came in over, say, twenty million upwards from Morelos, I think we'd be taking it. Uh, I think I, I would be wanting to keep him for another season, just so obviously we want to win the league next year, stop ten in a row. So I think our best chance is with somebody who's. I mean, I don't how many goals has he scored over the last two seasons in the SPL forty or something. I think it'd be very hard to get somebody to hit the ground running and give us a decent return as well. And you're right, I think Defoe is a great option, but I think they almost feel nervous playing him sometimes, you know what I mean? Like he's just it's just such a different impact from Morelos. Again, um I think you would if you're a centre half and you're playing against Morelos, all you're thinking in your head is you know, Morelos, how am I going to stop him? How am I going to stop him? You wouldn't play your own natural game, but I think with the four, you'd be quite happy 
you know what I mean, take, like, taking the ball, playing passes against us, if you know what I mean. But if you've got Morelos chasing you, all you're doing's you know, putting up the park. That's all that's in your mind. And I think you're going to pay big money to get somebody in. And you, you think back, like, so how many seasons we had him in total? Was that our fourth or third season we've had with him? And he's turned into this, you know what I mean? He didn't score that amount of goals in his first season. And then we need to, like, the model we are working on just now, you've got to think that they're going to need to develop him for a season B, sort of bring him on and off and things. But and to, to for that for next season, I think if he has a really good season, we can get I think we can maybe get more money for him next season, and he can develop and he can, he'll go to a bigger club as well. So I would I would veto that and sell him next season. Hopefully, improves his discipline, um, and he gets a big move. So Ian, I may be I know I may be being a bit too harsh or naive here, but for when we when. When we have Alfredo Morelos, he's he's only suited to play up for himself. He can't he can't play with a second striker, so it's hard to bring a second or third striker into the fold when he he's he's going to be undroppable. He's going to be starting every week, so it's then hard for the team to adapt to playing with a different striker. I think for fifteen million, realistically, Rangers should be able to get two or three decent strikers with the right scouting. Am I being naive or, or what's your thoughts? No, I think if we get 15 million for him, we should be able to replace him with two, at least two. I think the problem is like Morelos and Defoe, they're just the styles are just so different. Defoe's right on the shoulder of the last defender, looking for that ball in behind, whereas Morelos is what to be defender tight to him and and right up his arse so he can turn him and, and be in. They're just stylistically far too different, I think. And that's what that exactly, the team. Sorry, that's exactly what I, I think is the biggest detriment. So do you not think, like, obviously there's got to be times where we need a default light player and other times we need a Morelos light player, but do you not think, because of how much we rely on Morelos playing every time, it's hard for the team to adapt to playing with somebody like default? Yeah, it is. I think that... The ball doesn't stick with the four. Like if it goes up, it just doesn't hold it up the way Morelos does. Or it doesn't like Morelos a lot of the time you see the ball into the corner and it's seventy thirty in the defender's favour and Morelos still going and stick his big arse in the way and, and he's won the ball. And uh, you just don't get that with the four. The four you just don't expect him to win scenarios like that. So would you not say that's more to do with the manager? That if we're changing over who's up front, we need to change how we're playing as a team? Absolutely. Yeah. But at the same point, I think it's hard for the team to to adapt so quickly when it's it's going to be a very small percentage of their games where they're having to play without Morelos and it will come un, unexpectedly. Is it is it that you should have if you're going to have like a striker like Morelos, shouldn't you, if you want to play that system and not change it, your backup should be a similar style of player. He might be a drop-off in quality, but if he's the same style of player, you might not find that same drop-off in the in the team. Scott, any more thoughts on the Morelos argument? Um, not really the Morelos argument, but a question, would you take Canberra? For me, 
No, I, I find we need to be aiming higher than Canberry. I even think we need to be aiming higher than before, personally. I don't like... I, I think I've said this to you a few times. I don't like the idea of signing someone who knows they're coming in to be a second striker. If you're signing somebody, I want them to be coming in and challenging Morelos or whoever the first-choice striker will be because, A, whoever the first-choice striker is has to maintain their game and has to play at the highest level. And you want to avoid that drop-off. I don't like... I don't like paying them compliments, but when you look when Celtic had a fully fit Dembele, Griffiths and Edward, all three of them fancied their chances of being the first first striker. At that at that point in time Dembele was, you know, a bit ahead of the rest of them, but there wasn't that much of a drop off. So I was three strikers all all vying to be the, the first choice first choice striker and none of them really would have admitted to themselves they were setting their third choice. That's the kind of environment I think Rangers need to be trying to mimic. Whereas right now we, we know that Morelos is top dog and Canberra's second and Defoe knows he's third. I don't think that's good enough. I think like what we're saying though, like it's very hard to have three first choice strikers. You know, having a third choice striker who's going to accept that, who's going to add a bit of quality and I think everybody's in agreement we need that third striker. But the thing with Canberra Decent impact when he got on loan. He can operate the wider areas as well. You know, not the wider, sorry, like the number 10 as well. So it gives us a few options. And then it cuts, you know, if we're getting rid of, as we talked about, you know, Barker or Stewart, he can operate in there and obviously is naturally a striker. So when he goes into that position, he's a good option to have. And as you say, he, made, he did make a difference when, you know, there was, when he, when he came into the team, I thought. So, I would, I would, if they're again the right price, I would, I would be taking Camberry. I think it gives us a couple of options and a couple of positions, and I think it won't. I know you said you don't want somebody in there going to accept it, but he was putting pressure on Gerard to play him at the end of the day when you know before obviously, you know all the season got ended. So I would, I would, um, I would certainly take a, a gamble on him. That is a fair point, and I think uh, probably the right thing to think about is at the right price. It's not something we're going to spend six million on, but at the at the right price, I think you know the way you're saying there that Celtic probably would be a good addition. So I think we've all kind of touched on that. You know, ideally for you guys, ideally we keep Morelos in the station system, but we're realistic. It does have a price, and Rangers. Everybody, at Rangers has a price that they're going to sell them at. So for me, I think, based on what I've seen and based on the current climate and what we can get for it, I'd take around 15, 16 million for Morelos. Ian, I'll come to you first. How much would you be, as a minimum, selling Morelos for? Yeah, I'd be looking for at least 15 as well. 15 plus some add-ons. Uh, 15 in like a sell-on clause. So that, well, if he does keep improving, we're going to make another good chunk of money on him. Scott, what about yourself? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'd say 15's got to be a, a bare minimum for the reasons, obviously, I gave about trying to replace that, especially when this is a biggest season and, you know, years can't take more, less, sorry, less than, less than 15. But I wouldn't be actively trying to sell them. I wouldn't be putting them in the market, you know, going around agents um, just if you get the somebody interested and willing to spend that money and you don't know whether clubs are going to be spending big on players and somebody going to want to take a risk on on Morelos when you know he's got the problems I would 
yeah, 15 million is my, my short answer. I think that was a good point about the agency. We shouldn't be doing that. As soon as you start to sell someone, you never get the value that you're looking for. Hodge said there about a risk, like 15 million. Like, just look at some of the players that have been bought in England, like yeah. Jordan, Jordan Ibe, Dominic Solanke. Like, I'd rather take Morelos playing 20 games a season and being suspended for 10 than any of them. Do you know what I mean? I actually like, said that last season, Ian. Um, see when Newcastle signed that, Joe, was it Joe, Joe Linton for 40 million? Realistically, you could have got Morelos and Edward for that, and what a difference that would have been compared to them two. As much as I don't like Edward, like, on a personal level, but not that I know him, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, I know that he is a much, imagine you had two of them, you know, I think it's, it's a no brainer. So, you're probably right there, but... So, Craig, are the favours being a bit too conservative with the price range we're looking at for Morelos? It's difficult just now because we don't really know what the transfer market's going to look like um, just with everything that's going on just now. So, I would personally be looking for closer to 20 plus all the add-ons for a big, a big part of it, but there's a lot of talk now with transfers that are going to be loans and then permanent this season just with everything that's going on so there's a lot of uncertainty so in normal terms I would say I'd be looking for at least 20 plus add-ons but who knows really we'll need to wait and see once the transfer market gets up and running properly what's what's really going on and I think we'll call that a wrap for the show today Thanks for listening. This has been part one of this week's pod. Look out later this week on Apple, Acast and Twitter for part two. And all that's left to do is thank everyone for listening. Thank you to Craig McAdam, Scott Hodge and Ian McCready. My name's Colin McDuff and we'll speak to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.